everybody welcome to another episode of the seed my name's daisy and i'm one of the hosts of this podcast along with Kristen. in this week's episode we revisit a topic that we've talked about before uh, but just a little bit of a deeper dive now that we have a little more information <laughs> the topic is ai artificial intelligence um, and just how scary me and Kristen think it is. Um, We would be so curious to hear your opinion about this topic, how you guys feel about it. Do you think it's amazing, incredible? Are you guys scared? A little bit of both. Um, Connect with us on Instagram at growwiththeseed and we hope you enjoy this episode. Bye! I was watching a, you know, those YouTube videos yesterday or yesterday. I was watching a video yesterday mm-hmm. and it was the one of those YouTube videos that has like a either like a TED talk or a little speech and it's like illustrated on a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those before? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was watching one and it was. Forget the guy, but he was writing a letter to the creators of chat GPT. Mm hmm. And it's this man who was an Australian. He is an Australian musician and songwriter. And I guess he had heard of an example of a songwriter using ChatGPT for creating lyrics, writing a song. And this person's a songwriter. So you would imagine that like you wouldn't really need ChatGPT for that. And he was talking about how he thinks ChatGPT is contributing to the loss of the human soul mm. because people are no longer creating to create. Yeah, There's this element of like hustle culture or time or urgency in that. And so using that example of a songwriter using ChatGPT to write the song, mm-hmm. all we're really doing with that is teaching ChatGPT how to be more creative and taking away that skill in ourself. And it's like giving it to yeah. ChatGPT almost. And the fucked up part about that too is that like an ideal world would be where we are moving in the opposite direction where we mm-hmm. get to lean into more of that creative energy and like yep. technology can take over the tasks that we don't necessarily want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like working maybe like monotonous jobs that <laughs> are just things yeah. that need to get done for civilization to work, right? Yeah. And that is a scary thought that ChatGBC can do that and that those are actually the jobs that we're seeing this kind of technology replacing already, right? Like even, mm-hmm. I mean, this might not, I might have to fact check myself about this, but I think part of the reason why a whole writer strike even happened was because like mm-hmm. things were, be- this was being used for that. And like, there was no need to pay writers necessarily, I guess, according to production companies, what they're worth for their writing when there is this technology to to essentially do that for them. Yeah, it was that and also with the AI feature that certain, I think this is where it came into effect with like the actors guild and not just necessarily the screenwriters. And again, I would have to fact check myself as I'm looking for this YouTube video, but they were, there was something in these contracts where 
AI generated images and like the likes of an actor or actress could be used without even like needing them. Mm. And so using an AI version of a famous actress or something like that and taking their voice and taking their like essence almost and making this CGI version of them. And they were like, no, we want the people to be part of it. And that's wild because if you think about jobs that can be automated, maybe that's, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Closest thing I can think about is like a leasing agent. Sorry if you're a leasing agent. I feel like accounting is an easy one, right? Like we could just stick numbers into chat GPT and have it figure out our taxes. Like why do we need no accountants? You guys are great. Yeah, if you need something more complex, I understand. But like yeah. someone like, yeah, someone like me, I don't like those are the kind of jobs that feel more automated or have that potential. Mm-hmm. But the parts of ourselves as humans, individuals, as a collective, those are the things we're outsourcing. And I feel like it's because of the hustle culture. And we're lucky that this is not our sole income, right? And we don't have to have that pressure on it. Yeah. But we get to create to create. And this this guy in the YouTube video, I'm going to try and find it right, right now while I explain, was talking about how the art and the act of creating is less about what you're putting out and more about how it makes you feel yeah. and what it allows you to do and who it allows you to become mm-hmm. and not about like I'm putting this out and it's shiny and great and perfect and look at me, look at this. Yeah. And it's totally about the the transformation that happens within you and that's just the byproduct of of whatever you're creating or transmuting. It was really cool. It's really, absolutely. really good video. Well, that's absolutely true because – I don't know, like even just thinking about like what we create here, right? Like it's us taking our experiences, our feelings, our all of that, mm-hmm. processing through it, creating this content that someone could listen to, sure, or no one could listen to. And me and you would both walk away from it feeling like this made us feel good. Mm-hmm. And similarly, like both of us write. And that whole process for us is what you just described that process of like taking experiences, taking feelings and turning it into something beautiful, but not for the end product, but for the, the emotional processing that almost comes through that. And like Mm -hmm. the growth that comes through that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that I feel like, I don't know what the exact definition of transmutation is, but that's what it reminds me of. Or like alchemy or something like that. Like you have this thing inside of you or this emotion or this whatever that wants to be expressed. And the expression of it is for you and letting it out. And then whatever, I'm just reiterating what you said, but whatever is coming out of it is like the byproduct, not the goal. Yeah. And what you explained about the actors actually reminds me of, I don't know if you watched the most recent season of Black Mirror, but there's literally an episode like that 
the one that has like Selma Hayek in it, I believe. I forget what the episode's called, but it's literally that. It's basically like, ugh, I'm going to butcher it, then watch it. But like, it's essentially them using like AI versions of like people and like having them like sign their souls away and they can basically like use it for whatever they want. And I don't know, it was just this whole blurring of like, who's real and who's not now anymore wow i don't know it it was kind of nuts like you just have to watch it and yeah. it's exactly what you just described because it's crazy like that's actually something that could be reality i hate that i hate how so many black mirror episodes feel like we're in them now yeah. i think that's the whole point of that show yeah that's is like they they predict the possible negatives of all of these advancements and put it into these episodes so brilliantly and it's it plays out very accurately the things that we do have already that are portrayed mm -hmm. on those episodes like I don't know it's a scary it's a scary thing <laughs> yeah I just pulled up this video and I'll link it and we'll reference it I was this video description says this guy's British or an English actor, but I swear when I googled him, he was Australian. That's not a big deal. I'm just adding that caveat in case I'm totally describing this man incorrectly. But his name is Stephen John Fry. And oh, he read okay, he read this letter, but it's the letter of somebody else and it calls Chat GPT the soul eater. Oh my god. And yeah. He's writing it to people that I guess created Chat GPT. It's really good and really like I don't know. It's five minutes. It's only five minutes, and it was still like very intense. I need to watch it because also aside from just creative things, me and you have talked about this. I think in our previous AI episode, but. When we talked about the possibility of like chat GPT, even just impacting connection with other people and like people mm -hmm. can, can essentially create like an AI version of a, a person, I guess, like I don't even know what to call it, like an AI version of a person that would be ideal for them, like the ideal person yeah. this person wants. They can essentially have AI play that role for them and mm -hmm. fill this role of human to human connection too. And so it really truly is a soul eater, not just from the sense of eating up our opportunities to be creative and make a living through that potentially, mm -hmm. and also just our opportunities to connect with one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing, which it was so funny, I was talking yesterday with Alex. I don't know if he wouldn't want me to use his name in this. So I'm trying to think. I was talking yesterday with my friend and we were talking about this the chat GPT thing and how I mainly use it to and I don't really use it that often but it's like I want to learn about this. Tell me more about this subject or something like that. And he brought up to me kind of like what I said about TikTok. Like, how much are you really learning when you're doing that? Mm. And I, before he posed that to me, I was like, I would have been like, oh yeah, I just use it to learn this and that. And then I took a moment and thought about it and was like, 
Have I learned a little bit? Yes. But did I actually learn? Not really. And the things that I probably retained were related to stuff I already am like vaguely familiar with. Like I had a phase where I was looking up Carl Jung on Mm -hmm. ChatGPT and trying to understand more of his ideas. But the other stuff that's definitely more complex, like quantum physics and things like that, I was really trying to get it to teach me. And it did explain it in a way where I understood it. But have I retained it in a way where I could actually explain it to somebody else? No. And so for me, that kind of signifies learning. And I know how I learn. For me, if I'm listening to somebody and taking notes and then like reviewing those notes and rewriting them in a way that makes sense for my brain after, that's my learning process. And I'm sure we all have different ones. But I'm not doing that through using this app on my phone at 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock at night and saying, teach me about quantum physics because I want to have an existential crisis right now. And so me, and that's, that's fine if that's what I want to do, but me sitting there and saying like, I'm learning. And he was like, the act of learning is like the same way as the art of creating. And so for me, if I am going to this thing as a resource to teach me something very quickly, I'm not actually retaining it. I'm, I am just getting information that I might need for that moment, which helpful and if we're in a pinch. But to say again that I'm learning is not really what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I also think a lot of people – like, yes, there are some people who can read stuff and, like, maybe retain some of it, like you said. But true yeah. real learning is, like, the combination of acquiring information and then practicing or doing mm-hmm. with that information, yeah. which is the whole reason why for various different – um you know, professions, like, yes, there's like the school version of it. And then there's also like a, like a supervised practice version of it. Like, imagine if our doctors Mm -hmm. just were reading medical textbooks and then they were like, yep, go ahead, be a doctor. No, there's like this whole other process then with the learning of like actually practicing it with somebody who does it. And that is how you learn. And that's the case for Actually, almost every job, because even if you learned a bunch of shit in school, you're still going to get trained on the job no matter what degree you have. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that is how people learn. So for us to say that like this machine giving us like all this information at our fingertips is true real learning would be incorrect. Now, is it a good resource for like a place to start or like Mm -hmm. a quick answer to a question that we need? Sure. Like we're like, I'm not going to deny that. And I agree with you that it's very similar to the social media thing where it's like, yeah, we Mm -hmm. we hear information on social media, but does that mean we're taking that information and putting it into practice? Probably not because of how much we are consuming of it. And I think same with the AI stuff. Like that's such a good point. Yeah. And like there's no application. And I'm even thinking about like a job that might seem – quote unquote, easier, right? Maybe I am in high school and I work at a coffee shop or I'm any age and I work at a coffee shop. Even if I'm working at a coffee shop, there's no way I'm going to read once about how to make a latte and then be able to be proficient at it walking into the actual space. So there's just no no possible way that I'm actually learning from this thing. And I almost like duped myself. And it's interesting because 
I felt like I needed a reason to use it or to to say that I was like using ChatGPT. Um, and I think it's because I was so resistant to using it, and then I like caved, quote unquote, and I felt I feel a little weird that I caved in and started using it. There again, there are like I think the quick benefits of it, like instead yeah. of a Google yeah. search, it's still useful. It's really tool, helpful. Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Or, like, even just taking some of the thinking out of, like, very simple things. Things that maybe we already know how to do, but, like, we just don't feel like doing. Like, for example, with clients that are, like, I need meal ideas. Like, I tell them, why don't yeah. you just, like, type in what you have in your fridge and in your pantry into ChatGPT and be, like, give me a meal idea. Like, that's so much easier than, like, yeah, you know, going through that process and doing it on your own. Like, it's just quicker, right? But that doesn't yeah. mean it's, like, necessarily teaching you something either, but it's, like, offering you – yeah ideas then that you can then you know take and use how you how you wish but yeah definitely I wanna I wonder what your thoughts on this are because when I was very resistant to using this software I heard from friends that I guess like the the counter that I got from friends were basically this is the direction we're moving. And so you can go kicking and screaming and then be like behind essentially that you don't know, you're not familiar with AI or the first time you use it is going to be when like we're more, it's more ingrained in our culture and it's going to be so unfamiliar to you and stop resisting basically and just take it in. And that felt true in the beginning and that was what I told myself I'm like yeah you're right I'll just use it and like kind of use it for fun um but now I'm like I almost wish I stuck to my guns in a way mm -hmm. I don't know why I don't I feel like I wish I never used it yeah but I don't do know. you feel like that's where we're headed like it's inevitable and you need to be familiar with this I yeah, actually, I think just like anything, just like when the first smartphone came out, right? Like that's the direction we were headed in when the internet became yeah. the thing. That's the direction we were headed in. And it was like, if you don't learn how to use this tool, you're going to be left behind. And it's true because now we use the internet for everything. We use smartphones yeah. for everything. And I think the same way about AI, I think it's going to start being implemented into various different places, even just like professionally and in schools and things like that, potentially. But I also think that doesn't mean that we have to use it so heavily until that point comes. I think like there's like a balance that can be found where like I feel like I'm okay with being at the level of like I gave it a shot. I tried it out. I was open minded about it. I know how to operate AI if and when I ever need to. And also I don't want it to become something I rely on so heavily mm -hmm. until that time comes if the world moves in that direction then I can reevaluate that like if there's no other yeah. way around it that's the same way there's kind of no way around using the internet now like then sure and I'll at least have the skill set to be able to do that mm -hmm. and like understand what it is so like, that's kind of how I see it like it's not something that I use every day like I'm not like oh yeah chat GBT like yeah, this is the best thing that ever happened. Like, I'm okay with not really relying on it much, and like not yeah. having that become a big part of my life. And at the same time, I think my curiosity, like, I always have the inclination of like 
let me see what this new thing is about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have such, and that's why I asked you too, because I know I have such black and white thinking around this kind of stuff. I'm either like, yeah, I'll try it and I'll use it. Or I want to go live in the woods and live off the grid and never speak to anyone via technology again. And I that is like the stronger part of me. And then I like feel bad for some reason when I like I said, use it for other things. Um, but one thing you said made me think about how the ethics of it all and that this is just out there and we have this thing this is like stronger than social media right like we didn't know what social media was going to do to us but like yeah. maybe we could have guessed it and like we kind of all were like oh yeah like the likes and whatever and that's not going to be great and this feels so uncharted and so unregulated ethically yeah it's spooky as shit like the way you were mentioning like someone could be talk to chat gbt and be like i want to make you my ideal partner and this is all of the things you know what's the scarier part about it than that even to me is like yeah. the blurring the blurring between ai and reality because we're seeing ai's capability to create photos that look very real right like yeah. the, i don't know if someone sent me some like photo of taylor swift that was made with ai of her like naked basically and it looks like it like it looks pretty fucking real right like shit like that is possible now like somebody could create essentially revenge porn uh, for a person and you would not be able to tell is this a real photo of this person or was this ai and it's like now we're blurring the lines between reality yeah and what's not reality and we are seeing like small examples of it and like how scary will that be as it continues to progress and i also wonder what kind of laws we're going to start seeing being put into place over the next few years too regarding ai because if it's so is i feel like it's just becoming easier and easier for example to defame people like defamation mm -hmm. and creating like false things about people using ai yeah blackmail like it could be used for all these horrible things and it's like how are we going to even start disproving these things now it's just going to blur the lines so much yeah. with reality in my opinion yeah that it's really fucking scary and very similar to the black mirror episode that i mentioned before too it's almost like if if we get to the point where ai can literally be like simulated beings mm-hmm right or like a thing that's like acting in a movie it's like that that is the spookiest part it's like it can literally take our place at that point and now we have these vr headsets really coming out stronger i feel like i i i personally feel like i am more removed from like advertising and i don't have tv i don't have commercials and stuff like that right but i'm starting to get ads trickling into like youtube or something like that of seeing these vr headsets that look so fucking crazy yeah. and that plus ai to me is simulation theory in oh, a it is. nutshell are you kidding me it is we're no longer living a real life at that point we are living a simulated life through these goggles and then the ai are living in the real world for us we've just at that point swapped places 
with AI. And that's so scary. And this does not, again, feel like when people in the past were like, oh, TVs and the houses and then yeah. the internet. Like, this, <laughs> this feels so fucking different. And I think it's such a symptom, again, as I feel like we always tie shit back to this, but a symptom of just, like, the capitalistic world we live in and, like, everybody's desire to escape because it's, like, would we really have a use for AI if people weren't, like, tired of working certain jobs or whatever and, and like, wanting more efficiency and whatever? Would we have a use for virtual reality goggles if we had more access to spaces that felt good? Like, why are we escaping to a virtual version of a place that we want to be in? Like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. all playing into itself. In yeah. a very scary way. Instead of fixing the culture or the, the real actual problems that society is facing, mm -hmm. the solution is the quote-unquote easy way out, which we know with anything, like a quick fix and easy way is really actually not efficient or sustainable. Well, it's efficient, but not for long. Unsustain not sustainable. And this is like the most catastrophic one, potentially. Yeah. That the easy way, easier than fixing this capitalistic culture, easier than fixing food insecurity or issues with healthcare or all of these different things that people are struggling with. And just like the day to day, it's exhausting to be in our current reality. Now we're starting to get this option of, okay, well, opt out. Opt out in another way. Like, not to be dark, but, like, it doesn't have to be suicide. You don't have to deal with this reality. You can just go to this one, this alternative universe, and live here. Yeah. And I feel like people are going to start just, like, this is maybe the darker option. I'm sure it's not the only option, but, like, going to work, working your job, being fucking miserable and then getting home, popping on the headset. Mm. How many, we're already doing that. We get home, we scroll for hours. Yeah, I know. Everyone check your fucking screen time, right? It's like, so dystopian. <laughs> it really is. And we're so comfortable with that. And it's like we're almost being like eased into this next era whether we're aware yeah. of it or not and you know what's crazy about it too is like for a lot of people they honestly don't have much of an option beyond that either like not that they don't have much of an option yeah. beyond that but like if you're somebody who like anytime you leave the house now it costs like a hundred dollars to yep. do anything yep. and to see anyone and let's say you live alone and you come home and like you're just craving like noise you're craving like something so that you don't feel alone like what's the next best thing your screen like your social media feed like that is the closest a lot of people can get to connection now without mm -hmm. going broke because we're, the world is so expensive and it's it's sad but that's almost the direction we're being shoved into and in like a lot of ways it's almost like less of a choice even than we think it mm -hmm. is unless you literally want to be some like monk that you know meditates in silence for hours a day when you come home from work which 
cool if you do, but like for a lot of people, they would rather the illusion of company and social media provides that and watching videos of people on the internet provides that and maybe AI provides that. And it's just so we need to prioritize community again and like mm -hmm. free places for people to come together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of this, though, is almost like a reinforcing cycle, because if I have friends or I have people that are like totally okay with going and sitting at a park or going to somebody's house and just hanging out. Yeah. Maybe I have those friends, but when I look at social media, everyone's doing something. Everyone's spending money. Everyone's at these places and posting about it. I feel like that's then inadequate. Mm -hmm. And so it reinforces the cycle of not enoughness in every facet. Yeah. And then I start to think, okay, well, what's the point in going and sitting at my friend's house if we can't be doing something? Or I feel shame about not being able to go on the trip that my friends are going on or something like that. Because th like those things are available, but I wonder if they're not as stimulating or as temporarily but instantly rewarding as like the – doing it for the gram mm -hmm. i hate that phrase but like that kind of stuff yeah no you're right that's definitely also a factor in that for sure it's just like also yeah like we are also now primed to prefer those things because of the world yeah. we live in and it is a cycle that just feeds itself and it's scary <laughs> it's terrifying yeah i feel like <laughs> I, and I want you to check me on this because I feel like I, again, can go in the extremes. But if somebody, because I think about this for myself too, but if I feel like I can't feel satisfied by going out in nature or talking to a friend mm -hmm. or doing the more mundane things, that to me... And I feel like this is where I want you to check me. That to me for myself and as a human being signals that there's like a disconnect or a disruption yeah. because being a human is being a social creature and not needing all the extra. Like that's bonus, right? And being connected with the earth in some way, like – I feel like this is many people, and so I don't want to sound judgmental, but would rather sit outside in a park and stare at their phone versus go outside and be present outside. And that to me is like, okay, if that's the habit, not judging, but that is indicative of some kind of disconnect with the soul piece that we mentioned before. Not that you have to love being outside or anything like that, but Maybe and it's maybe it's not even necessarily outside, but if you can't sit for more than a few minutes and not have some kind of stimulation, like what's going on there? For me, that's yeah. like where I'm like, all right, what do I need to look at that I'm not okay with just being? I agree with you. I agree with you and I agree with you too that I think a lot of people – like me included even struggle with like the lack of stimulation as I've mentioned in a few other episodes, yeah. right? 
And then there's also the part of me that's like, of course, there's, you know, room for preference here. Like maybe not yeah. everybody's an outdoorsy person. Like so maybe sitting yeah. in nature doesn't necessarily do anything for certain people. And that's totally fine, too. And then it's like, I don't know, you know, like, of course, there's like that possibility as well. And so it's like, does yeah. connection in nature with a friend is that always possible if that's not the thing that they're into? But maybe like we get along on a lot of different levels and that's just like, you know, how are we connecting now? Like where's the common ground? And I don't even necessarily know where I'm going with this, but I agree with everything you said that like we should be able to kind of just like sit without stimulation and connect with our surroundings. Yeah. Not yeah, need a you're distraction right. from it regardless of what the surroundings are, right? Like even if it's not outside, even if that means sitting on a couch with a friend inside. Yeah. yeah. Can we immerse ourselves in that experience mm -hmm. without needing a distraction from it or stimulation at all times from it? So yeah, that that I think is a better way to capture that. That if, if you're having such a struggle with that connection piece to wherever you are outside, like putting your phone down and feeling just like connected and grounded as is. For me, that's my tell. Like, all right, something's not right for me. And again, I think for most people, take it if it fits, leave it if it doesn't. I don't need to. Yeah. I'm about to, I'm finding myself adding, like, wanting to add all these caveats, like, well, if this and that, like, right. no. And if, it's like, we don't, you don't have to, yeah. yeah. If it yeah. fits, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, move yeah. on. That's fine. <laughs> like, not for everyone, yeah. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's just such a massive problem. And at the same time, I feel a shift in like a lot of people. And I think you mentioned this, but a shift in yeah. like a lot of people wanting to maybe like revert back to the basics because people are noticing this and it's scaring yeah. a lot of us. I feel like it's suffocating me. And that's, I mentioned before, like why I'm not on our social media page anymore. But I, I feel like this pressure to like post every time we post an episode or create a fucking Instagram reel and see how many likes and views it gets like for what <laughs> like I don't I don't care like I want the people who find this podcast to listen and I love you if you're listening share it with a friend if you're listening but going about these like ways of like all right, how do you market on social media what do you how are you reaching your audience like I don't know if you're here you're my audience great <laughs> yeah it just I hear feels and we don't need to like me and Kristen were just talking about this before the beginning of this episode that like we like since Kristen's feeling this way and since I just like am not good at social media <laughs> and also I've been struggling with my screen time too I, like we will not market then on social media and it just is what it is and the whole purpose of this podcast going back to I guess what we even said in the beginning is the creative process Mm -hmm. and the feelings that that provides us with and if you're here and you listen to this cool great and we are totally okay if it remains the you know those of you who have who are with us and have been with us then amazing mm -hmm. if that's where it ends then that's where it ends as far as new people finding us <laughs> yeah we yeah. were just gonna keep creating this for us and for whoever else wants to join and whoever else can find it but 
we don't need to treat it like a business. We don't need to treat it like a, like yeah. a product that we're pushing either. Yeah. And that goes back to where we started, like this idea of creating just to create and not to, granted that was about like chat GPT and like the soul suckingness, but just going back to that human need, I think, to just create to create and not create in the name of likes and listens and views and how somebody does or does not perceive what you're making mm -hmm. absolutely i don't even think i have anything else to add no i was just gonna say this is, feels like the natural end <laughs> Woo! i love the natural end i love when we come back to the place we started it's i know just, and it like not... happens by itself half the time mm -hmm. it's perfect yeah i can't wait for you to watch this video and then for anyone listening i'm gonna link it um it's five minutes super short um i'm excited to watch it yeah i'm curious to know what y'all think all right guys see ya thanks for listening <laughs>